This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackby and joined always by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. Today, the Pittsburgh Steelers are nearing and very close to their first regular season action of the 2023 season as they host the San Francisco 49ers, but they have a huge question mark. Will Nick Bosa step on the field for the 49ers in week one? We'll dive into that. Plus more, Kenny Pickett has been named a captain, and uh, the expectations are rather lopsided, I would say, here and there. We'll dive into all that and more. It's a beautiful day in the Berg. How you feeling, my friend? You know, some people might call this beautiful. I call it hot, and I call it sticky, and I call it gross, and I call it lantern flies jumping all over me while I'm Everywhere. at pit practice. You cannot stand along the fence at uh, at the practice facility without getting mobbed by yeah. lantern flies. They get more. They've gotten more aggressive too. They they oh, they yeah. they're out for blood. I, I think they. Oh, a hundred percent. First off, I don't know if they're attracted to football. Maybe they're just excited for the season as we are. But their presence at the Steelers facility is ridiculous. Like it's they're more than anywhere else in the whole city. If you go to the facility in Southside, you will see more lantern flies than you've ever seen in your, they line the walls. Just like you said, it's gross. And just, yeah, they're like, they don't even try to land near you anymore. They're just like, Oh, your face. Let me hit it. Sounds good to me. And you're right. I tried the other day. You said it a couple weeks ago to me. You were like, Oh, I squatted one or I smacked one and I got guts all over me. I thought you were lying. I thought that they'd, didn't have guts in them and that they were just they just died like they just fell over that was the end of it um no smacked one on the shorts the other day exploded all over me it was it was gross they suck they suck but it is hot it is sticky it's it's september and it's like 85 it felt like literally when was this monday we were talking about it maybe it was friday we were talking about how it just felt like football season it was like ooh, a little crisp in the air this week it's just like hey remember the sun yeah there it is full force yeah just we're going to make you miserable one more time before we actually give yeah. you some nice weather again. Yeah, before fall actually hits. But we're close. And either way, football will be played on Sunday. If I had to guess, the Steelers will be in white because there's no chance they're breaking out black uniforms if they don't have to in 90-degree heat at Acrisure Stadium. But plenty of excitement. We will dive into that. The San Francisco 49ers, a team that many expected to play for a Super Bowl last year, probably possibly would have if you ask anybody in san francisco the answer is yes played in the super bowl last year if they had a quarterback brock birdie returns trey lance is gone 
George Kittle is a question mark for Sunday. Christian McCaffrey is healthy, and they also get Elijah Riley back as a backup. But the biggest question mark by a mile is Nick Bosa and whether or not he will play. He is still in a holdout as they try to negotiate a new contract. He's looking for record-setting money. Don't blame him coming off a Defensive Player of the Year award season. We're coming down to the wire. Three days, I think the latest reports are from Diana Rossini of The Athletic that says that a record-breaking deal is on the table for him. Hard to imagine that it actually is or it's the money that he's looking for if he hasn't accepted it yet. If he does take it, maybe he does play. We'll dive into that in a second. But you hear the reports that there's money on the table. You hear the reports that he still has not been there. You have to have some thoughts about everything that has happened with Nick Bosa and the San Francisco 49ers. Well, we're really coming down to the wire. So if you're a 49ers fan, I think this worries you like a lot. Um, I still think, you know, if I was a betting man, I'd say he's on the field for week one in Pittsburgh and he plays and he's just as good. And he's, you know, Nick Bosa. Um, But like, yeah, if there's record breaking money on the table, like it's hard to, it's, it's hard to imagine him not taking that money, but you know, if he hasn't taken it by now, then, you know, when is he going to? And, and, and I guess the big question is how much prep time does Nick Bosa need to really be effective? You know, I, I think that's the, the big one is can they put him out on a practice field on Friday and have him play on Sunday? Can they put him out on a practice field on Saturday and have him play on Sunday? Mike Tomlin had this to say before we dive in a little bit more. Yes, we are preparing for Bosa. It's, it's prudent for us to assume that he's going to be there and prepare in that vein as opposed to be surprised. Uh, we were in a similar circumstance with a dynamic rusher a couple of years ago in TJ. Um, we got a deal done at the 11th hour. He showed up in the stadium, and he was TJ Watt that day. And so that's what those guys do. Um, they show up, and they are who they are. And, and so uh, we expect him to be there. It's a prudent approach to take, and if he's going to be there, we know the type of player that he need, that he intends on being, and so uh, that's something to be dealt with. The big thing here, and I think the the conversation that everybody wants to have is, well, this is a pretty dead-on comparison, just like Mike Tomlin said, to T.J. Watt two years ago, held out or held in all summer long, did not practice, did not participate in training camp, did not participate in the preseason, signs a deal on Friday, if you if everybody remembers, bashed down, kicked down Art Rooney's door, walked in there, shook his hand, said, we got a deal, let's, let's take this into week one. Uh, showed up, I believe it was in Buffalo. I want to say the game was in Buffalo two years ago. Week one, two days, zero practice. Showed up two days later, finishes the game with two sacks, finishes the season with the single-season sack record, and a Defensive Player of the Year trophy. So, obviously, expectations for Nick Bosa could be very high if you compare him to T.J. Watt. I think the biggest difference here is I was there that summer, and what I saw was a lot of T.J. Watt working. You know, he never left. He was there every single day at practice. He was constantly working on the sidelines with coaches. He was always dressed. He just wasn't actually participating. Like, he was as close to practice as you could possibly be during that summer. Nick Bosa, from what I know, at least, has not been in a facility in six months. Hard to imagine that that's going to transition. Maybe I'm wrong here, but I just view it as, you know, I get it, but it's it's a different situation. Yeah, it is different. I think you 
you kind of hit the nail on the head when you like mixed up hold in and hold out. Like that's yeah, that's the big difference here is, you know, TJ Watt for all he wasn't doing, he was still around the team. He was still watching their preparation for for Buffalo. I guess you said it was yeah, it was that year. Um, if Nick's not around to game plan, you you wonder what like he's doing to stay in shape. Like mm-hmm. how how is he? If you put him out in a practice field on a Friday. Is he going to be ready to play a ton of snaps uh, on a game day? Like that's, I think that's a big question. I think is he going to be in tune with what the rest of the defense is doing? All those are open questions, and I, I'm inclined to believe that yeah, he'll be fine. But you know, that's that's in doubt when you're away from your team for so long, and when you're away from from football in general for so long. Like there's a difference between working out. There's a reason that you that even superstars, you know, come back. And yep. do training camp with their team because working out on your own is just not the same as being with your team and getting to go through all that prep for the regular season and, and doing all of that all of that stuff with the yeah, team. Yeah, exactly. And on top of that, like just like you said, the game planning aspect of this, you you have no. I mean, you probably did, and I would imagine Nick Bosa did do his own film study or whatever. But to sit in with coaches and to have those meetings about hey. You know, this is what the Steelers are going to do. This is how they've changed. This is how they've evolved. This is how Kenny Pickett's evolved. This is how the offensive line has evolved. It's totally different. And I get it. Like an edge rusher is an edge rusher's job is probably one of the easiest jobs in the NFL. Like physically demanding, of course, but mentally just see ball, get ball. That's that's as far as it gets. And you could go and do that, especially if you're Nick Bosa. But I don't know. It's it's really tough to say that you are at a hundred percent if you have not practiced and you're just now hitting a point where you're stepping onto a football field. You know, you know what I'm saying? Um, on top of that, I think there's optimism there that people are gonna, you know, pay this guy and that he'll be on the field, but I'm not a hundred percent sold that it's gonna actually happen. If it does, let me ask this. If Bosa doesn't play, how high do the Steelers' chances of winning that game increase? Currently, they are two and a half point underdogs at home against the 49ers. Oh, you give them at least a point or like two points, probably. Right. You said they're favored, yeah. right? They're no, they're they're underdogs. Oh, they're underdogs? Oh, then yeah. it becomes at least a pick 'em, if not Steelers favored by what, like two and a half or something? Yeah. I because arguably the biggest question. On their offense is the offensive line, especially at the tackle spots where they would be dealing directly with Bosa. And I don't know, you take a defensive player of the year off of the defensive line, you make things worlds easier on whoever Chooks or Dan Moore. I'm not sure which one he would actually. I think line. he switches sides. Yeah. So, but either way, like you, you're making it a lot easier on him. You're gonna, you're given opportun- more opportunities for Kenny to be comfortable in that pocket, just stand back there and and sling it. And yeah. That's I think it completely changes the game. Um for as good as the 49ers are on all three levels, you have to imagine like Bosa leads the whole thing. Right? Yes. I guess Fred Warner probably does. But you know, like Yeah, yeah. When you're thinking about facing a second year quarterback and I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like if I'm the 49ers, I do not want Kenny to have any time back there at all. You yes. know, like I feel like that's the easiest way to shut this game down and to shut the Steelers down. And if you you take Bosa out of that equation and that becomes so much harder. Yes, I agree. I think that's the thing. Like that's the biggest thing is for the Steelers, it's 
50% the offense has to click, but it's 50%. And I think possibly more that the defense has to just make Brock Purdy's life a nightmare. You know, like they have to be able to, they cannot let the San Francisco 49ers offense control this game. Whereas it's reversed. San Francisco is thinking the same thing. Brock Purdy should not have to go out there in his first game as a, a sophomore in the NFL coming off of a major surgery with a limited practice time. And, and I get it. Like he's, you know, he's been back for a little while, but still like this is his first full game where he will see action after his surgery. And you do not want to put this game on him. You do not want to say, Hey, you have to go win this. This is, you know, this game's going to be tight the whole time. This is yours. And the Steelers are comfortable. Like I get, and I get it. San Francisco's defense is, is great. And a lot, tougher than just Nick Bosa just like you said Fred Warner's there Javon Hargrave's there I mean that that entire front seven I don't know what I like I, I can't tell you every single name but I could tell you that they're coming off of probably the best defense in the NFL a year ago and and they got look at their, I mean they added Javon Hargrave, they added right? that's what I'm saying yeah. like they didn't get worse mm-hmm. so you have to look at that and just say they'll still be good but they're biggest component the Steelers defense is still good you take TJ Watt out of that they're nowhere near as good you know you take Nick Bosa out they're nowhere near as good you're about to put the game on Brock Purdy's shoulders you don't want to do that I agree with you I think that I don't know how the Steelers aren't favored right now like I think the Steelers should be favored especially with I mean there's so much hype around this team you know Mike Tomlin we were at Tomlin Tuesday and he was asked like five times, like, hey, what do you what do you do about the hype around this, the optimism around this team? It's like nobody cares, but the optimism's there. I thought they should be favored. If Nick Bosa doesn't play, they're they're easily favored. Let me ask this the other way. If he plays, doesn't practice, shows up, what what are your thoughts there? I I mean I still what did you say there now? Two and a half under point underdogs, the Steelers are. Yes. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. That sounds right to me. Yeah. Like, especially for for week one, like you said, Purdy coming off like a limited off season and off surgery, like that all matters. Like, especially in week one, like that stuff is hyper important in week one. Um, and I feel like it just, I don't know. It, it, whereas the Steelers are kind of coming off a really smooth preseason, I feel like that gives them advantage specifically in this first game. You know, yes. like it is they're hitting the ground running, whereas the, the 49ers are going to have to find their footing a little bit. The 49ers are the more established team. Like, they, they've been there and done that, but I don't know. Like, I, I would still, even if he does play, that's a it's a pick him at best. It's like one point or something in my mind. Yes, yes. I look at it like this. Like, if Nick Bosa plays and everything's fine and the defense is 100% and you get everybody back, I expect the San Francisco 49ers to be a great football team. But I also expect them to be coming off of a very dramatic week. And that is a lot to that's a lot to put on the side. You know what I mean? It is very difficult to travel across the country where you're losing three hours of time and step onto a football field where you just got the best player on your team back. Thirty six hours ago, you know, for the first time you're practicing with him in a walkthrough the day before a game before you get on a plane and fly seven hours you know that is that's as hard as it comes so I just think that pick them is a good one I'm sure that the line will change before the game depending on you know reports and what the outlook of Nick Bosa is but 
I think either way, the Steelers should be favored. Like I look at this and just say like it, the Steelers are like, I, we've hit a point with the Steelers where it's, it's so boring. There's nothing to talk about right now. Yeah. We are waiting for football because you're like, okay, either we get to hype this team up more and say, Oh, everything we said and predicted was right. Or we have to be like, okay, let's calm it down. There are a million problems or there's this problem or there's that problem. They got to fix it. But right now they are as boring as they come. San Francisco 49ers, I couldn't even tell you how they did in the preseason. I couldn't tell you about how good they look right now. All I could tell you is that every single person in the national media is talking about whether or not Nick Bosa is going to play football. And a lot of people are like, yeah, well, let him ha- let him sit out. And a lot of yeah. people are like, well, maybe he's going to sit out. And I think that that is that draws so much attention away from the game that it is going to be hard to bounce back in 36 hours. Yeah, and I think if this game was played in like week four or week six, yeah, yeah, we'd have totally a completely different. different outlook on it than if it's week one, literally your first game of the year. Like strange stuff can happen in uh <laughs> in week one. Like think, I mean, the the Steelers hold it like picking off Joe Burrow three times last year in week one. That's, like, yep, that doesn't happen in the next time they played, whatever that was. Week was double. Oh, I don't even remember. Yeah, yeah. but the, the, that doesn't happen. They put up the Bengals put up thirty points or whatever in the next game. Yep, like so, Steelers can strike while strike while they have an opportunity yep i agree 100 percent. i agree another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, let's move on to the, the other big news that came out of the Pittsburgh Steelers this week, and that is their captains, a change of the guard on offense. Obviously, TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, Miles Kilbrew remain the captains on defense and special teams. Offense, it goes from Mitch Trubisky and Najee Harris to second-year quarterback, Kenny Pickett. No more, no more Najee Harris, which I think is a story within itself, but I'm trying really hard not to make it a story. You know, I'm trying really hard to not be like, there's got to be a reason that Najee wasn't voted captain two years in a row when, you know, everybody, like, that's all Mike Tomlin talked about all year last year was Najee Harris is, he's a captain guy. He's a leader. He is a leader on this football team. And then this year, there's a lot of questions about Najee Harris. And then, boom. Najee is not voted a captain, which is a little even more concerning. I'm again not trying to make it a story. Kenny Pickett takes over as captain, second year guy. Mike Tomlin very appraises. I don't even know what the word would be there, but very uh, hopeful for what he sees and, and explained Kenny Pickett's captainship as such. Proud of the group that, that this group selected yesterday. Uh, Kenny Pickett on offense, and I think. Him being the lone captain on offense is obviously no disrespect to the leadership of others, but probably more a reflection of, of everyone's feel of his growth and development, not only as a player, um, but as a leader within this collective. Um, I think the votes reflected that. Uh, they weren't just one-sided. I think it was reflective of the team's view of him and his growth and development. And so excited about that. Kenny Pickett, second-year quarterback, named captain, replaces the starting quarterback from last year. I think, you know, a little expected. All we heard all summer long was, oh, Kenny, Kenny's growth. Kenny, Kenny is confident. Kenny is comfortable. Kenny is a leader now. That's all you heard all summer long. Finally named a captain, heading into the season, plenty of optimism around him. Maybe, maybe way more hype than 
should be this early, but it's somewhat deserved after the preseason three games that he had finished with a perfect QBR, five drives, five touchdowns, three total touchdowns thrown. I mean, you look at him, were you surprised? And do you have thoughts on, on Kenny replacing Najee and Mitch as the captain? I was not surprised at all. This seems like pretty standard practice for starting quarterback. Um, like Anthony Richardson is a captain for the, for the Colts. Yeah. Um, but I don't think, but in that same vein, I don't think it's like undeserved. I don't think they're just handing this to Kenny. I think it's confirmation of what literally everyone has said in the locker room since he, since he took over in yep. week four, I believe that was. Um, yep. It's just that this guy has natural leadership qualities that uh, he has a gravity that people are are drawn to and, and, and all of that. And it shows up on the field when he's commanding the units. So I think it's confirmation of that in addition to kind of, what you want from your starting quarterback. And as far as him replacing Najee and Mitch, you know, replacing Mitch was a little obvious, you know, that yeah, makes expected. sense, but replacing Najee, I, I wonder if Najee was in there last year, just kind of, uh, cause you, you want to make your starting quarterback a leader, but yeah. you know, Mitch was new last year. He'd only been there for a couple months. Like, you know, I'm not saying he wasn't a leader, but, you know, just how solid of a leader, you know, whether he was, I, I think Najee was there to kind of support Mitch and, you know, be yeah. another offensive captain. And maybe the Steelers just thought, well, Kenny's done enough and he's been here, been around here for an extra year. So he kind of knows this team a little bit better. Maybe he doesn't, he doesn't need an older guy like that to stand in with him. So I, I, I think I agree with you. Does it change your thought knowing that, the players vote for the captains. Um, not really. No, no. Cause I think that's still kind of, I think my, I think my theory can still apply that like the steel, the team saw someone new in there and yeah. thought, Hey, let's get one of these guys that we know in there as well. And then this year, you know, things kind of change and they don't want, I, I you, you know, not knowing the, the inner workings of it at all. I think they also look at it and say, well, we don't want, anyone stepping on Kenny's toes, I guess, if that makes sense, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like he's, he's the guy and we're going to prove that to him. We're going to give him that kind of confidence, that kind of, of affirmation uh, by making him the lone captain. I, I, that, that's what I would think. Went on. Yeah, no, I, I look, I agree. I don't think it, I don't think anybody was jabbing Najee. And I think that, I think you're, I think you're right. Like, I think it was a, just a change of the guard. Here it is. Kenny's our guy for the future. Like I would imagine Kenny to be the captain for, the rest of Kenny's career in Pittsburgh. Like mm -hmm. that's just what I would anticipate. And, you know, just, I, I don't know if, I don't know if Anthony Richardson is the guy to compare him to just cause like I couldn't name three other guys on the Colts besides Anthony Richardson. <laughs> and that's just, that's just what it is. Um, but I agree. Like, I think it's just a quarterback thing. I also think that it does show that the team really does believe in the hype of Kenny Pickett, which I think is significant. Like, I think that if we walked into this year, and and you could use last year as an example. You looked at Mitch and you looked at Najee last year and you said, okay, look at they have two because they don't want this is a new guy. They don't know what they're going to get out of him. They also want Najee, who's a proven veteran, a proven leader. Let's make him a captain as well. This year, it's like, no, we know what we have in this guy. You know, we don't need anybody else. This is our quarterback. We fully believe in what Kenny Pickett can bring to this team or what he can do for us. I think as a second year guy, that's huge. I think you also see it. Like you see Kenny you've seen Kenny evolve from year one to year two. There's no more. I mean, you could see it with the media, 
you could see last year it was we'll explain as much as we can to try to defend our guys. This year it's I'm gonna just tell it to you as it is because as it is is pretty good. And if you don't like what you're hearing, then you're not understanding what we're trying to do. You know, and I get that hard times haven't hit yet, but you got a lot of that in training camp that Kenny was just like a lot more straightforward, a lot more like, look, this is my team. I'm going to, I'm going to address you guys as if I'm speaking for my team and I'm going to speak, you know, this is like, we're very optimistic about this team. We're very together as a unit. You're nobody's going to break that. Um, Whereas in last year, I thought it was a lot of defending. So I think you could see it there. Uh, Let me bring up this, this staff for you at the same time here. So on the same day that, Kenny was named captain. The ringer dropped their quarterback rankings, which if you haven't checked out the ringers quarterback rankings, they're actually pretty cool. I like the layout. I enjoy everything that they got going on here. Uh, They classified him as the 26th ranked quarterback with uh, the two key characteristics here of got that dog in him and deceptive eyes. Not totally sure what deceptive eyes they're, they're looking for there. I guess he's a little, got a little Patrick Mahomes in him, but they, characterized him or I guess their little description of him is what if Josh Allen had just okay tools and you know got me thinking like okay like I like that I think Kenny's got a little bit more in some areas than other than Josh Allen but if you're going to take a a less six foot six or however big Josh Allen is with an arm that could throw 85 yards I'll take it. I'm not, I wouldn't be upset if that was uh, how I was described as a quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't hate that comparison at all. I don't, the thing about Josh Allen is just like, he's like mostly tools where (laughs) he's all tools. Yeah. Whereas Kenny, like I think has a little bit more, I don't know. Depth might not be the word, but like, I don't know. He's got way more brains going on up there. Sure. Yeah. And the way, the way I think, (laughs) I was trying to avoid putting it that bluntly, but like, yeah, like I think Kenny is one of those guys where when you don't have elite tools like Josh Allen does, you have to do a lot of other things. Well, you have to be a really great decision maker. And that's something I think Kenny does really well. Um, And I think got that dog in him is just, you know, he's got a toughness and a, and a poise to him that really helps him as well. And really helps him account for maybe what some might consider some lackluster tools. Um, So, you know, I don't, it's it's just a little bit of a weird thing to like it, it's to like to like square it in your head because Josh Allen is yeah. so like toolsy and so like just relies on that all the time. But I mean, if he can be eighty percent of what Josh Allen is, you'll yeah. take that. Like you'll you or whatever the you know percentage of it is because Josh Allen is is a freak, and I think Kenny has kind of an advantage in 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 kind of brains and intelligence that. And, and decision-making that makes him, that makes that okay. Like you can live with that. Yeah. That's a, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think that if, I think that the description is so short that it almost comes off as like an insult when, if you elaborated a little bit and just said, what if Josh Allen had just okay tools, but way better decision-making and instincts with the football, you'd say, Oh, well, that's, that's a damn good quarterback. Like, I feel really good about that one. And I think that's what Kenny, that Kenny Pickett is. Like, he's got all the tools. He's 
He could he could run. He could throw the football. I don't know how deep he could throw a football, but I don't really think the Steelers care right now. Like I think if he could throw forty yard dimes, they're like, yeah, that's fine, man. Why right. what do we we don't need anything else crazy? Like you could just do that and we'll make it work. But at the same time, like you get into a game and and last year you didn't see it early, but you saw it late. Like you get into a game where it's a two minute drive and Josh Allen's on the football field. I don't know if I'm betting on Josh Allen. You get into a game where there's a two-minute drive and Kenny Pickett is on the football field. I'm putting my money on Kenny Pickett. Like that's what he's gonna do. And you could go as far back as like the fake slide. Like that is that is that is instinct at its best to just say like that the play's not done. It was supposed to be, but it's not done yet. Yeah. You know, like most guys would just be like, This is the end of this. Kenny instinctually was just like, no. And I think you could see all those examples all the time. So I think, yeah, like. Yeah, if you're eighty percent of Josh Allen, cool. Like that's yeah. awesome. If you if you're eighty percent of Josh Allen with like seventy percent of Patrick Mahomes' football IQ, you're like, oh, that's yeah. that's a great quarterback. Like that's yeah. you know, if we're building a quarterback, sounds good to me. Like that yeah. that seems pretty okay. So I feel like twenty six. I don't know. He's like below Jordan Love and a couple other guys that I thought were questionable, but. The description was like, oh, okay. But I think that they they hit it spot on, which is, you know, full circle here. I think that's exactly why the Steelers have so much faith in this guy because, like, I I, I think coming into the league, all you could focus on was how he just had okay tools. And a year in, you're just like, you could do so much with with just okay tools and his head. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, like, even, like, like, okay tools are, I don't know, okay tools are much more common in decent quarterbacks than then I think people realize, like, do you think Joe Burrow has an especially strong arm compared to like other guys no. in his class? Does he have Dude, Tom Brady it, is, is Joe Burrow, especially like mo- he's not mobile, like Lamar or Jalen hurts or nope. e- even Mahomes, quite honestly, but he, he gets it done. Like he, there's an it factor there that, that helps him get it done. Um, So yeah, I will. I, I don't think he needs to be, Josh Allen's level of of tools or anything for the Steelers to be really no. successful. So, no, no, Tom Brady, man, you should have you should have won Tom Brady. You watched him your whole life. You should have won Tom Brady. It's true. The, uh, yeah. It, as but that's what I'm saying. Like, there, Tom Brady was never known as. Yeah. I mean, Tom Brady has a great arm. Don't get me wrong. But like, but like coming in, that wasn't that wasn't yep, what you liked about him. That wasn't. Yep. Yep. He had a good. He's got a. If you look at the grand scheme of Tom Brady's career especially the guys that he's played with. Cause he's played with like one of the greatest quarterback generations of all time, po- probably the best quarterback generation of all time. And the guys around him, like Aaron Rodgers, you know what I mean? Brett Favre, even like way toolbox wise, 10 times what Tom Brady had. I wouldn't put Peyton Manning in that, that characteristic, but what Tom Brady had was the everything else, you know, on top of just like he was, he was, starting caliber quarterback when it came to his arm and hall of famer greatest of all time when it came to all the mentals and i like that's that's fine if you're gonna bring kenny pickett as starting quality or starting caliber quarterback arm and footwork and the whole nine and then he's got that dog and i mean if that's it like if that's all you're going for you should feel pretty good about where you stand with the Pittsburgh Steelers and their future with their quarterback. All right. With that said, we got one more show left before week one Sunday kickoff against the San Francisco 49ers. Hopefully it's not 95 degrees outside for everybody who's headed to Acrisure stadium. Fingers crossed. 
but we're heading out here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk, and find us anywhere you get your podcast. There will be plenty of news leading up to Sunday's kickoff at Acrisure Stadium. So find all of that at allsteelers.com. And as always, our pick coverage at insidethepanthers.com. We will be back on Friday. Enjoy a beautiful but very, very warm week in the Berg. Peace.